Welcome to Before You Swipe. I'm Dr. Lauren. And I'm Dr. Chris. We're two sex educators and research nerds who love talking about sex and relationships. This has been an online dating podcast where we overanalyze profiles and read between the pickup lines. However, in this episode, we're switching it up to take a step back and consider how we make sense of ourselves and relationships. And when we say relationships, we include sexual, romantic, platonic, and more. So before we even open the apps, let's get into the beautiful mess of human connection. Hello, and welcome back. Thank you for joining us for season six of Before You Swipe. I'm Dr. Lauren. And I'm Dr. Chris. And we are continuing our conversation from last season on Andy Norgren's Nine Principles of Relationship Anarchy. And last time you heard us talk about deep friendships, and on this episode, we're going to talk about how relationships can shift and transition, and how that can be received by others, how we move through those processes, etc. So Chris, you had shared a really interesting experience with someone you had a long-term dating romantic relationship with that then switched to friendship. Um, You talked about that a couple different places in season five, and I wanted to invite you to tell us, tell our lovely listeners a little bit more about that process and anything else you'd like to share that gets a little more nitty gritty. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, first of all, I, I just want to say that, you know, what we're talking about here when we say transition and shift and everything is, is change and, and changes can be really difficult. There can be pain points. There's, there's all those kinds of things. And, and so when I talk about my, you know, relationships that have changed in, in my life over time, I I do want to recognize that this wasn't like, and it was so easy. You can all do it too. You know, like kind of thing. Like it's, it's the specific example I have is, is with somebody that I partnered with. Uh, we met online on an onlining, an onlining, an online (laughs) dating website. And so our relationship started out romantic pretty much from the get go. Uh, and accelerated really fast, I'd say, in, in somewhat of a traditional escalator style, except for the fact that um, there, we were, weren't really like interested in marriage for various reasons. And also we were doing a lot of traveling together, which sort of put an interesting spin on what that meant. And so sort of like me and you in uh as well, we spent a lot of time in different states or different countries and things like that, which sort of made it difficult as well. But um, yeah, we lived together in a few different countries. We lived apart while we were in different countries. And then over time, we just sort of hit sort of different life stages in terms of career and where we were and just sort of kind of came to a a mutual decision and I'm not going to get too much into the weeds on that but that that us as a as a traditional couple wasn't wasn't working because of our life priorities and and where we were interested um in and yeah I mean it hurt it definitely hurt um and this person took off uh we were living together uh, and then he moved out of the house. And so that's change one, right? Yeah. And then, and then we never really stopped talking. And it's actually kind of funny because we, now that I'm really sort of re- recalling the story, it's like, well, that wasn't the first time we had also split up. So 
we <laughs> but but during all the times that we would sort of split up and I do use that ter those terms because back then I was really thinking of it as a you know a traditional quote unquote relationship breakup mm -hmm. where it doesn't fit is that the idea of a breakup makes it sound like there's sort of a concrete ending Mm -hmm. And where I really like the principles of relationship anarchy, it's like our relationship didn't end. It just changed. So yeah. we're still really good friends. Uh, we, we talk every couple of days. Uh, sometimes it, you know, sort of like, again, it's like you and I, like we sometimes are daily check-in. Sometimes it's, you know, we go a little time without it, but there's always that connection there. And there's still a lot of care and, and talking about things that are sometimes very superficial and sometimes less so. So I guess I just, I like this idea that when we, we change a relationship with somebody that it definitely means we're changing the relationship, not that it's, it's ending or, or necessarily you know, over as in no more contact. And I feel like a lot of what we were talking about before, and you and I have talked about this a lot, is getting away from the language of a relationship failing. It's yes. more about deepening on deepening our understanding of how we connect with someone and what's the most meaningful way to connect. And I think this is where the escalator really screws us up, because yeah. if we've been told the most pinnacle relationship ever is to do all the things with this person, until we allow ourselves to embrace relationship anarchy, I mean, it just makes it so hard to then shift and still let this person hold such a, like a sacred place in what I would call your constellation, right? Yeah. Like we're, we're socialized to believe that, well, we're socialized to believe there's only one star, of course, but yeah. Um, so I'm curious, how has, well, I wonder if you recall, were there any really concrete conversations you had um, as you were making this shift and change together, as you would reestablish the way you related? Do you remember any of those? Um, and then my additional question would be um, how people around you in your life have responded to that. Yeah, it's funny because the 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 first breakup that was that was an epic fail over a big argument kind of level of stuff. So like that one uh there was definitely pain and time apart and things like that and so the conversation was like there was a fight uh one night and then the next day we uh you know came back um and wanted to make sure that what we said in the during the sort of more heated argument was still holding true that we weren't gonna sort of continue a certain kind of life together and once once we were sort of like yes and um, I will admit it was definitely more on his uh, side in that, you know, in that case. So it wasn't as mutual. Um, we didn't talk for, I'd say, I'm, I'm going to think it was like a month, but it probably wasn't even that long. <laughs> it was just like, <laughs> but then we were in different countries. So it was a different, different types of conversation. And then we reconnected and, and we became romantically and sexually involved again. And then, then the second uh more you know the sort of ending of the sexual and romantic part of our relationship uh you know took hold and that one yeah i mean there were definitely conversations it wasn't like as literal as we are not going to have sex together anymore or we are not and and that could have been 
I think, a really useful conversation. And at the same time, it, again, because it involved a move where we, you know, we were physically separated, mm -hmm. um, then it, it came a little more obvious in the sense of, you know, I guess, yes, there's cyber sexing and things like that, but we didn't have uh, as much of a physical connection and yet that time it was definitely like when he left, it was like, please let me know you, you know, got, you know, to your next location safely. And then the conversation sort of just continued from that standpoint. So it was sort of like the emotional connection was, was there still and a little ouchy because of some of the ending pieces. And I, I just think it was a relatively smooth transition, maybe because we had done it before. I, I don't know. It's, it's a good, it's a good point on on that like what does this mean and i think it is i think it's a kind of conversation that you can have with a person that you still might have very deep feelings for or deep connections to and part of the type of relationship you're having with that person isn't necessarily working for one or yeah. both people um and then that a second question i wanted to ask was how have people in your life responded to this shift oh yeah you asked two questions on that well some people I mean, I think especially because of <laughs> because the, it was like, oh, this again, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like it's just it. it um, so there was that piece, and then um, some people were. I'd say it's funny because people were definitely like, af like quote unquote, afraid we were going to get back together again, mm. uh, or were just you know. And other people just like, all right, whatever. It's this is the way it is. And then would just sort of reach out to make sure, you know, like they were checking in like friends, like, how are you feeling? Or is this okay? Um, do you want to talk about it? Do you want to go to a movie? Whatever, like just sort of just being there as, as supports with where different friends have different supports, right? So I mean, I think one thing that's so great about that is again, acknowledging why we talk about these webs of relationships being so important, because if you had isolated yourself while you were with this person and hadn't stayed in communication and been vulnerable with other people in your lives, or in your life, they might not have known how to show up for you in that moment or, or been so distant, they wouldn't have or been like, hey, but he's still in your life. So what the heck does this mean anyway? And what's you know, yeah. but I think it's again, having those continuous rich conversations to ensure we still have a network of support um yeah. and that folks know us you know it's not just that one person who knows us at, at different points in our lives so i really appreciate hearing that how has it been for with other dating partners uh what like like for you and how people respond to the fact that this human still exists in your life that you shared this deep romantic tie with Oh, I was like, gosh, what is, I didn't even know what you were asking. Cause I guess it hasn't been that big of a, it hasn't been an issue, I guess. And maybe that's because of, you know, how I describe the relationships that I have now and, and how I define, you know, that there are people in my life that mean a lot to me and things like that. But I, yeah, subsequent people that I've, I've been romantically or sexually involved with, or people who, you know, I just have other close connections with, I mean, I guess it's just it's not it's just sort of maybe that's weird i don't know but <laughs> i just all of a sudden like you know it's just no. like it's just moot right like i mean well and i think actually what i would i mean part of the reason i asked is because i think that's really beautiful and i think it's part of how you embody relationship anarchy of a no one else gets to decide for you which relationships are important and so i think there's a way when you describe the humans in your life 
there is a sharing and a telling. It's not a question. It's not an ask. It's letting people know and inviting them to understand your world, but not have um, commentary, particularly on your non-romantic relationships, right? I know you're a lot more sensitive if there's multiple romantic folks involved, of course, because that requires a different sort of conversation in our culture. But um, I just think that's really lovely. And I would say it might not be the norm. And, and it, one of the examples I was going to reflect on was when I wasn't allowed, like full on, not allowed to be in someone's life. And I know I talked about this in season five, um, not allowed to be in their life because the other person um, was, I don't want to apply the label threatened, but didn't feel comfortable with me being at all in the mix, even just texting, not even seeing each other in person. We were 1700 miles apart at the time. And to not be able to talk was a pretty wild thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's the thing is like when you're navigating relationship issues with, you know, there's, there's other people involved. So like you and the person that you used to be together with in that way, and then wanting to maintain a relationship or, or whatever, then yeah, it, it is hard when the other, like there's another person putting a limit or a boundary. And so that right. wasn't, unfortunately, that wasn't your conversation to have nope. uh, in that sense. So again, like there is, there's snags in, in this because even though you might want to be practicing, and I mean, you as in anyone listening or us or whatever, like as we apply and embody principles of relationship anarchy to our own relationships, at some point, the the network or the people that are connected to this, if they're not, if they're not open to or if they're not um, comfortable with these sorts of scenarios, then yeah, like you have, like then then it it can't be the way we would potentially want it to be. Yeah, and I think it's this challenge of just because we're practicing relationship anarchy doesn't mean anyone else is. And just because we wouldn't be threatened by, or we know how to navigate our sense of a little bit of jealousy or insecurity, you know, we're doing the work to stay grounded in ourselves and be able to have those conversations. That doesn't, that's not the norm. That's not what people are socialized to do or how they're socialized to manage ties or even build networks of relationships, right? Romantic mm -hmm. relationships, when they're over, those people are supposed to disappear, right? That's like the myth or the, the social narrative we've constructed in our culture. Um, yeah. And it's, it's hard, it's hard to be, you know, like I, I remember I did when this person finally acknowledged like, hey, I really shouldn't be talking to you. I was like, I know this is not my place, but I just wanna say like, what, is it, what does it mean when it, someone in a relationship with you is denying you one of the most significant people you've had a tie to. Like, I don't know how you make sense of what you're doing in that relationship and what that person is signaling to you with that kind of a demand. Um, and subsequently, since that relationship ended for the person, they're like, yeah, I wasn't really quite ready to see exactly what was happening in that relationship. But um, all of us have to make our own choices and find our way through the dynamics we're in. And it, you know, again, not saying we're right, but we think relationship anarchy is a lot healthier way to grow nurturing, loving, grounded relationships rather than escalator relationships or power-based relationships. Um, mm -hmm. 
yeah. Well, that, yeah, that reminds me of sort of the principle of love and respect instead of entitlement in that exactly. sense of, you know, when you are, have a strong bond with somebody, it's not really necessarily your place to then tell that person what other kinds of connections they can or can't have. Right. That like drawing these rules in place about telling me where my heart can and can't be or right. can't, you know, can and can't go doesn't feel right to me if if you really do right love and respect the person that I am and that I am an emotional person and make strong connections with people and to say oh you can't do that doesn't doesn't feel good to me and so again if that's the really you know I can make a decision there you are sort of one step removed and so that's what makes it difficult to actually navigate the reality of that and then needing to respect the wishes of course of the other person you're you're trying to be connected to yeah and i think in that case i made the choice to say you know i respect you have every right to make this choice um i'm sure i will be delighted to hear from you whenever i do and that was true <laughs> it was yeah. i think a year later i'm not even sure how long it was until i heard from them again um yeah and i think you know again this stuff is hard like i was sad and i spoke about that person in season five and my have my little bit of heartbreak about not having them in my life and that they were someone i counted as i know we're not supposed to talk in hierarchical terms but i counted them as one of my best friends one of my closest friends one of the stars in my constellation and so that was that was tough and i think what what we could do instead you know in a more um uh, change through communication, customize your commitment sort of a logic, those principles in relationship anarchy. I think it's, again, staying grounded in ourselves and really having that sense of when I'm trying to form or maintain a tie with someone, I have every right to narrate, here's what would feel good to me in terms of time, ways relate, we relate the things we do together, um, how we stay connected, et cetera. Like I can always narrate that and we should, we should be clear in ourselves of what we are hoping to experience and what we have available to offer. And when there's misalignment there, it sucks, but we don't get to demand things. I mean, I just, again, going back to that um, love and respect instead of entitlement um, or trust is better, right? All of those things feel related to this. Um, and I wanted to share an example where I feel like this went really well um, so a human that I actually met at the Whiteley Center many moons ago, I think we've, we've estimated we're coming up on a decade, um, of being tied together. Um, we adored each other very quickly, or I didn't meet them at the Whiteley Center, but we bonded the most at the Whiteley Center, which is where we recorded last season, a big chunk of last season, hence the reference, sorry. Yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, in the San Juan Islands, such a magical place. Little seals bobbing their heads and <laughs> staying up late, drinking whiskey on rocks, you know, the things you do. <laughs> yes. Um, and so I was deeply smitten with this person as a friend, wrote a bit romantically, sexually, all the things. Um, and we eventually figured out that was mutual and had a lovely time. At a certain point, um, I then started uh, dating someone uh, and we mutually agreed we wanted to be monogamous. And so I had to let this human know who had developed this very sweet, um, romantic, sexual, but not exclusive at all um, tie. 
I had to let them know, like, I really needed to shift our relationship. And I explained all the reasons why that felt right to me. This was not a demand from someone else. It was my choice. And so we talked a bit about, well, how do we want to maintain our tie? What feels like it's in integrity with this other relationship I'm working on? And it was the most, the way that we navigated that to me or my memory of it is I felt loved. I felt respected. I felt like this person was trusting me to see how this felt for me. Um, and so we kept continuously shifting um, and being careful to be respectful of the um, the commitments I'd made with the person I was in a monogamous relationship with. Um, and then over time, that relationship ended and we reconnected and yet again, renegotiated how we wanted to spend time together. And then this person met someone and decided to try monogamy with them. <laughs> so we sort of flipped spots and yet again, had to have a conversation about what that meant. And in their case, um, the other person also was practicing, um, had historically practiced polyamory and so was far more comfortable with us being in conversation. We just shifted the things like, you know, uh, no, no sexy talk, no making out when we're sleeping together when we're together. Um, but, you know, we sort of narrowed down what were the okay behaviors and how did that work? And I digitally met the other person. Um, so there was a clear, I guess, almost like kitchen table polyamory, except that the romantic side of things wasn't present. Um, and that that was, again, another model that felt really loving. I was happy for my friend to try something. I had to deal with a little bit of sadness of losing this person I adored um, in that way, the role I saw them playing in my life. But it was yeah. super, you know, caring. And we continued to be in deep emotional bonds and caring bonds. But, you know, the other stuff just shifted. And it was great. And it felt good. Like, it is possible. Yeah. So... So when you were negotiating the, the changes in the relationship, were you, were the three of you negotiating those together or was the person that you, the, the person that was it quote unquote in common between you and this other person, like, were they um, playing the middle person? Um, I would say they were playing a middle person, but, uh, and again, this is, not my relationship this was their relationship shift i would say yeah. there was a like i remember very early on when they were dating we had like a group phone call okay. Okay. <laughs> and so we weren't negotiating the relationship the collective relationship but it was very much there were moments where this human kind of sat back and sat back in the conversation so that me and their their little love um mm -hmm. could bond and connect and um I don't know, have a little like verbal play and uh, yeah, it was such an interesting dynamic. It was really quite sweet, a little confusing also, uh, especially since it was all digital. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> um, we were in very different places and it was during the pandemic. Um, but yeah, it was, um, so there was a way, yes, my, my human and I would have conversations first. And I think that's really caring if that felt right to me, because it would feel really vulnerable. If the new person was also right there, I would be like, Oh, God, what? How do I yeah. how do I manage and care for their emotions? And the, the negotiation they've done while well, I'm also having some feels myself, right? Because I would want to be caring toward this other person um, that mm -hmm. my, my friend loved, you know, was falling in love with it was wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And I appreciate you saying like you know that it was difficult or there was awkward times and things like that and i because th i think that's important to highlight mm -hmm. is that 
these, you know, having these kinds of conversations is difficult and there can be, you know, feelings that are more challenging to manage and things like that. And, and, you know, even things like jealousy can crop up and because jealousy is, you know, usually our signal to ourselves that our needs aren't being met somehow. Yeah. So it's, so then it becomes something like, okay, so if I'm feeling jealous, what, what, what's missing from the, the relationship that I would like to see? And maybe it is something that, you know, can't, you know, can't be negotiated into the relationship and, and that's okay uh, in the sense of, right, people have the right to be in a relationship they want to be in and it still might hurt. And then again, then a person can decide if they want to navigate through that jealousy or, or right, give some kind of physical or temporal separation because it is, it is too too painful or too difficult or whatever. And that is, that's also okay. Uh, I, I don't I wanna, want, go ahead. Oh, I just wanted to jump in and say one of the great things though, in relationship anarchy is you can also then, even when it's hard or painful, um, and you're, you know, whether you choose a break, a complete break, or whether you're just like, okay, I need to adjust the size or the, I would say the brightness of this star. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, but because you have a network, because you're practicing relationship anarchy where you have all these unique relationships, you can think about turning toward another relationship in a different way because your time may be freeing up, um, your emotional availability and capacity may be shifting as that star um, shifts or dims in a non-pejorative way. <laughs> yes. Um, and so I think that's also what's beautiful is when we are in open communication and negotiating our ties, I can then say to someone else, I don't need to tell them what's going on in this other relationship unless we're that's part of our agreement of how we talk to each other. But I could say, hey, you know, I have some shifts in my world and I would really love um, a little extra intimacy with you. How do you feel about that? Right. So that's the great thing is we can think about the ripples and have those opportunities um, to make adjustments, not just in that one relationship, but it's in the totality of how we're experiencing love connection support across our our networks yeah yeah no and it is i mean there's another term out there that's called like comet relationships and i wouldn't be surprised if we bring up uh the concept of comet relationships mm -hmm. and, you know in future episodes as well and that's just sort of you know you you come and go out of somebody's life uh, and again, with intention or sometimes through kismet, uh, it's, it's fine, but it's not out of using another person. It's really right. out of, you know, is it the right space, the right time for the two of you to connect in certain ways or is, or is it not? So it's someone yeah. reaches out and the other person can be receptive at the same time. Uh, and then, then the connection is strong or sometimes a person may reach out and it's not the right time or there's not a, a sharing of space or something like that too. And that doesn't mean, oh, it's, yeah, I guess it just comes back to this idea of relationships having hard beginnings and hard ends. And yes, that, that can be true sometimes. And sometimes right. it is best for a relationship to have a hard end, uh, or, you know, whether it's for safety or whether it's just because the you know, different interests and people, people do grow apart, right? People yeah. change. 
And so sometimes the ways that people change uh, doesn't leave room for continued connection. And I guess, you know, I invite people to think about, is there different ways of connecting with somebody just because a certain way of connecting isn't possible or doesn't feel right anymore? Yeah, like giving ourselves permission to say we don't have to not to invoke cancel culture, because I don't think that's what we're talking about. But it, again, you don't have to just completely remove people from your lives. There could be moments where that's appropriate, for sure. Um, we have both have those, have had those kinds of relationships where it was like, nope, I need this person not in my life because they're not treating me. They're not they're not treating me within my values and my my yeah. those core expectations. Um, so definitely not talking about those kinds of relationships. Um, but it's it's an, it's a new way of thinking if you were socialized into you know compulsory sexuality, cis heteronormativity, all those kinds of things. It's it is a new way of making sense of relationships and thinking about how we can. I I don't know, just again shift those those transitions. And and the last thing I wanted to say about um, the example I was using of the person who we sort of flip flopped who was doing some monogamy things. Um, yeah now that's shifted again and we're both in a position to reconnect and actually we're able to reconnect deeper because we're sharing and relearning each other after having those experiences with a new another deep tie in monogamy land and and so it's been really lovely to shift yet again i, I mean we've been through goodness like four or five shifts now yeah um, and it's it's amazing uh yeah. to be able to share that with someone Right. And that's where, I mean, just like my mini ranting thing of like when people say, oh, we're just friends or something like that. Like, what is that? Like just friends? Like you are friends. We're good friends. We're close friends. It's like just because your genitals aren't touching or whatever, <laughs> like, I don't know, or inserted into other things, whatever. Like, that's <laughs> like, I just can't even you know, get around this idea that, again, it's sort of back to the failure of relationships. It's, it's, the, it didn't, it didn't fail. It just, it just was, it should be something else, or it's better in a different way. And just this whole concept of just friends, just whatever I get, just pisses me off. I just don't oh really I am going to die forever. I can't, I'm going to have to like re-listen and quote you on the, just because our genitals aren't touching or going inside, whatever. <laughs> right. Just, it's just, there's different ways to connect to people and there's different ways to be intimate and there's different ways to share lives and, yeah. and to, and to shift that into something else doesn't make it any less powerful. Right. And I just, I also think, God, what a, what an amazing gift to see these possibilities and to, you know, a relationship that if we were onesies together and trying to do all the things, mm -hmm. we might have to kill it, you know, it, because it would be, we, we don't have a conceptualization of anything else. And I think what's so fun about this, and yes, there can be painful emotions, but if we can navigate those and do our good mindfulness practices and whatever else we need to do to stay grounded, I mean, to get to keep redefining who you are to someone or how they show up and finding some right, right sized bites with each other, that can actually make for so much more fun in our relationships. Cause it's like, oh, when I only see you once every two weeks, you are the best person ever. And so yeah. we can have that much more fun, that much more delight um, without the pain if we're not people who should see each other every day or live together for that matter. 
Yeah, no, it's true. There's definitely, and I'd love to talk about that in the future because I think there is that big assumption of certain types of people are supposed to be in your world lots and lots and lots, like time-wise. And sometimes yeah. that's not the greatest, that's not the greatest thing. Totally. We'll put, we'll put a pin in that for future conversations. Yeah. Hopefully hearing us talk about shifting relationships, transitions, and all the possibilities uh, has shown some ways that um, we can work with relationship anarchy to form lots of different kinds of meaningful ties and with the same people over time. Yeah. And we'll keep, keep talking about it in the future. Thanks for listening. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to Before You Swipe. If you want to send us your thoughts on sexual, romantic, and or platonic relationships, please email us at beforeyouswipe at gmail.com. That's the letter B, the number four, the letter U, swipe at gmail. Or you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Before You Swipe. Thanks to Hamid Khalid 786 on Pixabay for our fabulous funky beats.